0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to episode number two of the Fantasy Scouts podcast here with you on Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. I'm your host, Chad Workman, joined by Sam Ehrman, Matt Nine, and Andrew Woodruff. Thanks for being here with us today. We have a packed show for you guys today. We're going to start by discussing Derek Carr's value going forward. Then the guys are going to get into some serious debating on their different dynasty rankings of CEH and Amari Cooper. And we're gonna have some fun by talking about our best fantasy football fits for Deshaun Watson. We have a really fun segment to close out the show for you called Insiders Corner. Uh, If you if you guys are not a member of our Patreon, I highly suggest uh, you do so. We we post rumors and inside info. Uh, Sam is very well connected, and uh, we're gonna do a fun little Insiders Corner at the end of the show. Let's kick this off by uh, talking about Derek Carr and his outlook for next season. He finished as QB 13 last year. Uh, Sam, why don't you go ahead and jump in on this? What do you have for his outlook going forward? Well, this whole topic
1: started because Matt and I got into an argument on Discord, and if you missed out on that, it was a doozy. Um, It was a friendly debate. It was it was an argument. It was full flooded. I was getting heated. You were getting heated, but it was good because it brought up this topic. And I think it's something that a lot of people needed to know, like Derek Carr, whether he gets traded, whether he gets, you know, stays in Las Vegas is a franchise quarterback. Like Let me make that clear, like a franchise quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is so good that he's distorting people's values and perceptions on franchise quarterbacks. Derek Carr is good for 4,025, 26 touchdowns a year. That is, I mean, it's not fantasy superstar him, but that is a fantastic value wherever you're going to draft him. And it sucks because every league I'm in, it's always some Derek Carr truth where I can't trade for him. So, The reason why I have him so high is that, like, for example, if the Colts trade for him, they're not just going to rent him for a year and kick him to the curb. You know, John Gruden's frustrations is because John Gruden's very, how do I say this, very pinpoint. He doesn't like mistakes, and Derek Carr doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but those teams crumble at the end of the year, and partially because their defense is so bad. They don't have very many weapons. You know, Henry Ruggs doesn't appear to be what they wanted him to be, and those sorts of things. You should be able to draft Derek Carr or trade for Derek Carr and know that you have a reliable quarterback two that you can start every week for years to come. It shouldn't matter, you know, like where you paid for him because you're not gonna pay an arm and a leg. Like most times people are like, uh, ah, well, you know, Derek Carr, you know, I'll take a, a mid second and you know, 2022 20, third. It's like I'll take that all day because that's a that's a profit. And a reliable starter. You know, I mean, like, granted, you know, with somebody like Carr, he's your QB2, he's your QB3, so you could rotate him in on perfect matchups and you're hammering on all cylinders. So that's why, like, I'm so high on him is because he's a franchise quarterback. He, you know, he can make all the throws, he knows how to read NFL defenses. You've seen him be an NFL MVP candidate back in what, 2016? I know that was a long time ago, but. It wasn't at the same time because that's still who he is to this day. He's a franchise quarterback. Guys love him. He plays hard. He works hard. He's not. He's no BS. You know. So that's why, like, that's what started this argument because Matt was talking about like Jacob Easton and was like, oh, "Well, well, Easton's going to replace him." And I, I thought he was joking at first. Like, I, like, I seriously thought he was joking, and then like he was like, "No, I'm serious." Which I know you guys were there for that. That started a long debate which led us to this topic because Derek Carr, you could make an argument he could be a a Dynasty QB1, but the reality is he will always finish between that 12 to 15 range, but the price you pay for him is substantial compared to cost, and when you're talking about cost versus value, he is a home run every time. And I really don't think there's much like that can be countered about that because when you're looking forward and you're building teams, if you know you have a reliable quarterback, too, as a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, you should be very happy with that for years to come.
2: Okay, so I, I first off. You're throwing me under the bus here. You're blowing this out of the water. It's out of proportion here. <laughs> I, 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 we were talking about if the specifically if the Colts traded for Carr, and I said that would be a good thing for Eason because I view it as Carr it is on his his contract year. He has one year left on his current deal, and if he gets traded, I don't think the uh, the Colts would would re up him right away. I think they would wait till the end of the season to to see what what they have in him because I separating carr from, from being a franchise quarterback in real life versus in fantasy I feel like are two very different things. I mean you just made the point that he he's he's a 12 to 15 range kind of guy each year. And he's only been the 12 to 15 range kind of guy three years of the entire time he's been in the league. He generally finishes as a back end QB two. Uh, looking at his finish this year's last one's 14, 17, 20, 19, 12, 14, 20. He's not a QB1. And then you want to talk about is this guy a franchise guy? I don't know. What do you define as a franchise guy? This guy has had a winning record once since he entered the league. He went 12 and 3 in 2016. His next best finish is 8 and 8. I mean, I understand he's one of the best 32 QBs in the league because that position is hard to find. So sure, if a team wants to, you know, roll with him, but he's not going to put you over the top. He's not going to do anything to help you get past the wildcard round, to help you get into the division round, possibly, uh, you know, run for an AFC championship title. He needs so much around him. I don't know in this particular conversation if it's worth it for the Colts to give up a first round pick and potentially plus for him. I mean, is he really that much better than Phillip rivers outside of being an upgrade in in the arm itself? Like, I mean, he can read defenses. Sure. So could Phillip rivers, you know, Phillip rivers is, you know, there's this debates going on left and right. You know, is he, is he a hall of fame quarterback? Well, I mean, what is, is Derek Carr a Hall of Fame quarterback if, if he's an upgrade of Rivers? I mean, he's 47 and 63 in his career, and his best fantasy finish, you know, is 12. This, this guy, he's nothing special. This is just a dude. I don't, I don't understand it. So when, when, we, when we project the Colts, you know, trading for Carr, I think that's good because then that gives Easton one more year because they are giving him resources in coaching that you typically don't see, second-year players of his draft capital given. He's a fourth-round guy that they, that they are are giving him. They're basic, from my understanding, they hired a coach for him just for the off-season. You, you don't typically see that kind of stuff. So they obviously believe that he needs maybe one more year. So if they trade for Carr, I think they wait, and then at next season they go, "Is Jacob Eason ready after two years?" If he's not, we, can, we still have Carr here. We can re sign him and roll with him, or we can look at the, at the landscape of the other QBs. I mean, we were talking before, before we went live here. You know, there's a chance that, that uh, the Colts might be able to get Dak next year if he doesn't sign a long term deal with, uh, with Dallas, because his cap or his franchise tag next year would be 50 million plus, and Dallas can't afford that. So he he would get the pick, and and Indianapolis is, Indianapolis always has has money to go after guys, so that they could easily sign Dak. I just Derek Carr is not not going to win you a Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, I mean you pretty much summed that up, Matt. Like Derek Carr himself is not going to win a Super Bowl. The dude is talented enough to help carry you through, making sure you're not making mistakes. But you got to have something like the Buccaneers' defense. You've got to have a solid defense behind him. He'll put up 4,000 yards in the season, but he's not ever going to be you know, QB1 going forward because the NFL landscape's just changing. You're seeing quarterbacks every year more and more mobility, able to go ahead and push their stock up and where they finish. And Carr's best season ever was 140 yards. Like, that's not enough rushing guards to keep him as a QB1, even as a ceiling. Like, I think you've hit it on the nail. Like, he's probably going to be about QB15, QB17 range next year. If he gets a lot of touchdowns, sure, let's push him up to 13, 14 right there, which I agree for the price. So, Sam, you did hit a good point. The price of not going to be very much. So, like, if you need a good solid QB three, sit on that back end of your bench, play the matchups well, go for it. But unless Derek Carr's got a great defense around him, I'm not going to put him as a franchise guy to go build around going forward personally.
2: And in, in addition to that, the, the QB landscape is about to get deeper. You know, we this incoming class. I mean, it's only going to push him further down the totem pole because I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us think Carr is better than, you know, Trevor Lawrence in two years or Justin Fields in two years, maybe Zach Wilson in two years, and so on and so forth. So he's only just going to continue to fall further down.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you're not even bringing up 2022, man. That database. I'm looking through it. Got Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis. You got people who like Jaden. Daniels there's so many guys like I've got 10 guys I'm highly considering watching to go day one day two next year if they keep playing the cards right
1: so I want to add a bunch obviously um you said a lot and I want to add a bunch but here's the thing like here's the reality you you're gonna sit there and say Derek Carr can't win you you know Super Bowl or you need a great system around him or you need a great defense around him. that is most of the quarterbacks in the NFL you need a fantastic defense or weapons around him right now all he has is Darren Waller and uh, Josh Jacobs you know everybody believes in Brian Edwards you know people have their question marks about um, Henry Ruggs you know his offensive line is middle of the road his defense is putrid I mean it, the, the Raiders defense is so bad that I could go out there and play you know three tech and make them better like that like that is how bad the Raiders defense is every year and that's not his fault you know Derek Carr's out there averaging what, like 27 points a game for the Raiders every year that that should be enough to win you football games. You cannot pin everything on him when he's doing his job, moving the football, scoring touchdowns. That's his job, move the ball, score touchdowns. And he does that. Does he do it at a high level like a Patrick Holmes? No, he's not Patrick Holmes. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing that he's a franchise quarterback that you can set and forget and build around. You've seen what happens when you properly build around Derek Carr. You get an MVP level candidate and a, what'd you say, 12 and 4, 13 and 3 team. That is a legitimate playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. And he since then, the Raiders have done, they, they've done butt backwards on what they should do to build a team. You know, like so far, like I love John Gruden. I mean, I love his character. He's, he's a funny dude, everybody loves him. You know, and Mike Mack you would assume can evaluate talent, but they're they're drafting guys off of character and not talent, and that's Derek Carr's fault. That you know they're drafting Cleveland Farrell over some of the other high-end prospects. Like you cannot continuously to whiff in the draft, put a bad defense around a guy, and say it's his fault. Because that's that's what's going to happen in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts unless they do something different. And yeah, okay. if- we don't we don't need to bring him up. No, but this is this is what I'm saying is it's a big if. Like if he moves to Indianapolis, you can trust the Colts to put the pieces around him because we've seen him do it. Is he an upgrade over Phillip Rivers today? Yes. Ten years ago? No. Like Philip Rivers, like there's a big difference. Like as of today, if Philip if if Derek Carr walked in the Colts building, would the Colts be better than they were week one of 2020? Yes. I don't know. That's without a doubt see, but I don't think you want to see that at that point because like Phillip Rivers was hard to watch in 2019. I mean, it was hard. It was like, go ask Jason Moore of the fantasy footballers how much he enjoyed watching Phillip Rivers break his heart over and over again with those interceptions, those boneheaded plays. You're not going to get a good rushing floor out of Derek Carr, but you have the offensive line, you have the a GM and a coach who knows what they're doing to get the best out of their players and if he goes to a place like Indianapolis or Washington or those places with a stubborn strong-minded coach, you can get the best out of him. you can win a whole hell of a lot of games with Derek Carr and that's my point is you're not going to trade for Derek Carr because the reality is and this is where you disagreed. The reality is if you trade for Derek Carr, it's going to cost you a first round draft pick and maybe a little bit more. You are not wasting a first round draft pick on a one year rental to see if Jacob Eason's the guy, because I'll tell you what's going to happen. They'll they'll waste that first round draft pick. Derek Carr will throw for 4,300 yards, 27 touchdowns, go nine and seven, 10 and six. Then what are you going to do? Sorry. We want to go with Eason. Like you can't do that. Like if, if, if a team trades for Derek Carr, and they pay what the Raiders are wanting. They are telling you, we believe in him. We know he's a known commodity and we can win a whole hell of a lot of games with him. Let's go. We got the quarterback position fixed. Let's get him a defense. Let's get him an offensive line. Let's get him weapons and move forward. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, ruin the Jacob Easton parade or you know, tell you that Derek Carr is great. But what I'm telling you is, you can win a whole lot of games with their car and Philip Rivers this year, as bad as he was, he was still a viable back end QB two. I would expect their car to be an upgrade. Jonathan Taylor in year two, you know, there are those rumors about the Colts being interested in free agents like Juju, you know, maybe they can make a push for an Allen Robinson or a Kenny G. I know we just talked about a sign in trade, but that's something that's possible. If not, they've got a, draft capital to go get a guy and if not Paris Campbell comes back and you've got Mike Michael Pittman in year two you know maybe they re-sign TY for a lower end veteran deal and have him as your wide receiver three like what I'm saying is if a team trades for Derek Carr a known commodity that you know is going to come in and be a leader of the building throw for 4,000 plus and win 9, 10, 11 games in a better system with uh, help around him you're not just going to move off of him. You're not just going to throw it away and say, oh, well, you know what? We're validated, but let's go with Joe Schmo or Jacob Eason or whoever it may be. And, you know, he could stay with Las Vegas. That's very possible, too. If he stays with Las Vegas, I don't see his situation changing. He'll still be that that QB, two You start on good weeks. And you just pray that Brian Edwards develops or, you know, Juju comes to town because he's got to get help. You know, you can't sit there. You know, like Matt, you say it the most quarterbacks are not held responsible for winning losses. They can lose you a game, but they can't single-handedly win you games on a regular basis. Like Patrick Mahomes is so good that he does, but the best thing about him is he's still got a very decent defense around him.
2: So how much more of an upgrade is Carr to Rivers? I I I understand it's, it, it is an upgrade, but is it a huge upgrade it's a slight upgrade, a decent amount upgrade. Like what what do you think it is? Because the Colts team is a whole, for the most part, scoring to return as is, minus Phillip Rivers. So then you throw Derek Carr off in there. Does Derek Carr get you past a wild card round? Because if you're if you're paying a first for carr, it's you either have to get to the second round of the playoffs or it wasn't worth it.
1: Uh, you know, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is. Um, like, I know he's an upgrade, but the, the reality is nobody actually knows until he gets on the field in place. Um, I would say he's like if they went nine and seven last year and, and Derek Carr comes in day ones and completely understands the system. I could see them as a 10 and 11 win football team. But the question is like, you know, do they get past the first round? I mean, like that's the objective. And if the Colts believe that, they wouldn't go get him. If Washington believes that, they wouldn't go get him. Like if a team trades for them, they believe you are the guy that can take you over the top. And I think Derek Carr is good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, obviously he's got to get help. I mean, like I I think if he goes like, you know, Indianapolis, for example, or Washington, for example, San Francisco, you know, those teams like – those are good those are good enough offenses where he'll do a lot with it and those teams have much better defenses than what he's ever had in las vegas so i would say yeah you would hold you would like wild card next year you have the resurgent chargers with second year herbert and Derek carr led indianapolis colts in indy i think that'd be a fantastic game i i you know, I don't know who would win. I mean, that's why you play the game. But if if a team trades for Derek Carr, they believe he is the guy to take them over the hump. And I think that that should tell us enough what a team believes of what they pay. Like, like if they go out and trade a second rounder and, you know, fifth, okay, like, oh, maybe there's some questions. But I don't think Las Vegas would take that. But you get the point where if, if a team pays a first-round draft pick plus some, they're believing that's the guy – That you build around and can take you over the top.
2: Just want to throw this out there: Derek Carr's only playoff appearance was in 2016. Team went 12 and three. They lost 27 to 14 in the wild card round against the legendary Brock Osweiler Texans. Didn't he break his leg?
3: Yeah, I was say he was hurt before that. Like I was say, like
2: he broke his leg, and we had to watch Matt
1: McBoin. Yep. Yeah.
3: It was watch um, Matt Matt say that. Go out there and put it. Well, it it. Okay. <laughs> right here next week because it was going to be a cakewalk either way. But kind of going back to your question with Derek Carr, like if there's hesitation around him, why not go for like a Jimmy Garoppolo, who you can take him for probably a second, put him in for the year, audition him, see if he's the guy or readdress it, and you still keep that first round draft capital.
1: I have another question. I'm like, I want to take that Jimmy G question to round it off to Matt. Matt. You saw Jimmy Garoppolo get to the Super Bowl with a fantastic defense and a really good run game up in San Francisco. Sure. Do you believe Derek Carr is better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I think they're the same. No, of course you
2: do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't help. I don't. I I strongly disagree, but that that's a whole other argument. We can go to. I, mean, I mean, if
2: I, if I had the pick, I would I would say Carr Carr is slightly better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean. I feel like the results would be the same for the Colts if they traded for either guy. I don't think one is is, you know, a tier above the other to take you somewhere that the other guy can't. No, I don't think
1: they're a, a tier gap, but I think, you know, Derek Carr is better. And we saw Jimmy Garoppolo get to the Super Bowl with a 49ers team with it's really well coached with a good defense with a good run game that is everything you have up in indianapolis that's everything you have up in washington that's everything you have up in san francisco that is nothing you have in las vegas so i truly believe that whoever goes after him could get a super bowl
0: yeah i think you guys you made a lot of good points and i just i'll add that i I don't see Derek Carr getting traded because the Raiders don't have a great path to upgrade at the position. And I think that's kind of the, the the tier he's in. I agree with Matt. I I would rather have Carr, but he's kind of in the same tier as Garoppolo in that, like he's good enough to be your quarterback if you can't upgrade and you know, that's fine. But I, but I think in terms of fantasy, I mean, I, I fell backwards into him uh, in a two quarterback league and I was, I was pleasantly surprised with what I got out of him at QB 13. I mean, he, he threw for more yards this this past season than he did in that MVP campaign. You mentioned Sam and and only one less touchdown. So, um, you know, I think he's a solid QB two option of fantasy. But like you said, Andrew, w- without that rushing upside, I don't ever see him getting into that QB one tier. And in terms of NFL, he he's just the guy until you can can upgrade, really. And the Raiders, I don't think, have a have a path to upgrade right now. All right, let's uh, pivot into some dynasty ranking discrepancies that we have here. The first player we're going to start with is CEH, and I personally have him at 12. Sam is at 17 on him, Matt all the way down at 21, but Andrew is the highest on him all the way up at 10. So, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tell us why you like him so much?
3: Yeah, man, I mean, he's still an easy RB1 for me. I mean, we'll just start off with the basic numbers like first round draft picks, the 80% of the time they're going to give you an RB1 season at some point in their career. And it's normally during the first contract year. So, I mean, this year or next year is what I'm really shooting for. And like, I know he got RB22 this year, he only played 13 games. And that average that he came out with was about 12.15 points per game. And of course, PPR. So, if he had played those other three games, he'd been sitting there right around 195 points, give or take, maybe a performance here or there, which would have put him right there at RB12. So, if he had just played the full season, he almost would have returned RB1 value. Now, I know for the guys who drafted him in round one this past year, they lost value. Like, they overshot, they lost it. So, I know that's already going to bring his discount down some. So, I don't have to pay RB10 price to get this guy. I still believe in him. Uh add that on the dudes with Andy Reed. He had the second best ever season for a rookie behind Andy Reed. Only Kareem Hunt was the only guy to exceed him. We can go back to LaShawn McCoy. He only had 637 rushing yards, 308 receiving, four touchdowns. The guy that Reed said himself, this is the player he reminds me of, Westbrook. He only had 193 rushing yards and 86 receiving and zero touchdowns as a rookie. Like This guy got thrown in on a crazy offseason, didn't have almost any time to prep, and still had the second-best performance out of any rookie ever with 803 yards, 297 receiving, five touchdowns. I mean, that's 1,100 yards for a rookie who wasn't quite ready for it. Like, honestly, if he plays those three games, he's probably over 1,300 yards. Like, you're not going to be complaining about this guy. He's pretty much had what... Almost what McCaffrey had, if he had played the full season, McCaffrey had 194 points. not saying he has near that ceiling of CMC, but the dude can definitely return value. So, I mean, with people down on him right now, it's easy to go get him. He's still an RB1 all day for me right now.
2: So, yeah, I have him at 21. I – I this is just another position it's the same thing with the wide receivers I mean I think with especially with this incoming class and last year's was it seven guys just there's just so much talent in the league right now it's so saturated it's I just I just don't see a path for him to be an RB1 I sure RB2 I'll buy it I'm I'm leaning toward towards more of a back end RB2 um you know, I think one of the things was, you know, just going based off the knowledge that we have right now, for some reason, he wasn't the, the goal line guy. They like to throw, or you know, within the red zone, especially within the 10-yard line uh, because, you know, they have Mahomes, which is fine. But that also hurts uh, edwards Um, I think also people are forgetting about Damian Williams. Like if, if Edwards-Alaire was, was, one, he was overdrafted. But two, if he was worth his, his 32nd overall draft slot, then why did they go out of their way to bring in Le'Veon Bell? Uh, that that's the part I don't get. So, so moving forward, you know, Le'Veon's going to move on. Uh, i I believe Daryl Williams is a, re- is a restricted free agent. I'm sure he'll be back. And then Damien Williams is coming, is coming back as well. So, so they're adding another guy to the backfield who was the starter pre opt out, uh, so it's just I don't know if I don't even know if they want Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be their their full-time starter I'm sure he's going to get uh 60 65 percent of it but I'm I'm, I don't know if he's going to get the workload that some of these other RB uh some of these other running backs are going to get I mean you got Antonio Gibson James Robinson Derek Henry Jonathan Taylor Cook Chubb Barkley McCaffrey Akers is probably going to get all of it next year swift supposedly aaron jones might have a new home joe mixon gets his old running back coach back maybe we see him resurge uh you got josh jacobs uh, austin eckler i just plus the new guys coming in what about naji etn uh, a lot of people like javante Williams. there's just too many people to bank on edwards elair being an rb1
1: all right, I got, a, I got a lot to say of what you just said. Then I'm going to get into kind of what I say. Why did they go get Le'Veon Bell? Well, he makes your team better. Like, you have 53 slots, and if you make it, did the he? team better. he didn't do anything. When he got it, when he played it, he didn't need him to play very much because Clyde was that good. Like, when Clyde and Darrell were that good. But here's my thing.
2: So, if a guy doesn't play, how does it make your team better? Just by standing on the sidelines that makes your team better?
1: Well, he's I mean, also welcome. He's also a wealth of knowledge. You bring him in and if he doesn't play, he's like a
2: coach. But here's my thing. I don't disagree, but he's not really the leader type. I
1: disagree. He went out of his way to ask Clyde, Hey, is it okay if I come to the Chiefs? And Clyde's like, Yeah, brother, come on, let's win a Super Bowl. But here's my thing. We we know we know Le'Veon's gone. I'm not at all worried about Damian Williams. I'll tell you why. I'm not worried about a twenty-nine year old career backup who's never rushed for five hundred yards in his career. Like I'm sorry, I'm just not gonna do you're,
2: it. You're but, missing you're missing my point. I'm not saying Damian Williams is gonna is gonna eat significantly into his workload. I'm saying that they're probably going to bring in somebody else, like they did with Le'Veon Belt to to split it.
1: Yeah, because you can't have somebody get 90% of the work. Like you have to bring somebody. In. It's exactly like James Robinson. It's the exact reason why they're gonna bring somebody in. But here's my thing: I'm not low on Clyde Edwards at all. I've got him at 17, and I've been publicly defending him on Twitter. But here's 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 why I have him at 17. Here's the guys who are directly above him: Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson. Where am I moving Clyde? Like that's my problem. It's it's not a I dislike Clyde thing. I love Clyde, I think he's a fantastic football player, but like where can I like when I look at my rankings and break them down? Where am I moving him? Like I just don't see where I can put him where it like 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 that's my thing. Is it's not a disrespect thing? Matt talked about it quite a bit. He talked about how it's oversaturated. It, it we have so much talent at the running back position that we have guys down at seventeen, and you're like, oh, you're disrespecting him i'm not like i don't know where else to put him like you really want me to move him up above antonio gibson like you want me to move him above austin eckler james robinson miles sanders cam Akers? like i can't do that like i know what clyde can be i know i trust andy Reid when he says damn he's better than um westbrook i, be- I believe him i don't think he was just talking out of his ass to make make his point prove that he didn't waste a 30 second overall pick i think he's going to be a very good fantasy running back for years to come he had 1300 yards his rookie year and had like what 55 touchdowns called back like that's not his fault like it seems like any Clyde had a chance to score touchdown there was always a yellow flag that got thrown to stop him like he produced he scored touchdowns he caught the football he moved chains that's exactly what you want a player to do my ranking is just indicative of the talent like Matt you talked about it quite a bit like my ranking for him is indicative of where we have everybody sitting, where we have everybody ranked. Like, I love Claude. I think he's a fantastic player, but I love I, – I would go down to 22 at Kareem Hunt and be very excited about having every one of those players I have listed above Kareem Hunt as a running back on my team. And then, you know, we're not even talking about Najee or Javante or maybe Etienne, depending where he goes, like those kind of players. Like, we are blessed right now with so many running – Backs, that somebody's going to get pushed to the bottom in, in a in a ranking. Like that's where I'm at with them, and that's why like we've talked about it. Where I think we'll probably end up doing tier rankings because like to have Edwards Ellairs or at 17 or 18, it looks disrespectful, but it's not. Like look at the guys above them, and it's like where are you going to move That's my whole well, stance. On
0: them, so, Sam, let me. I- I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree, but you're saying where where can you move him? Why why would you have Miles Sanders ahead of him? What exactly has Miles Sanders done that CEH hasn't done? Oh, buddy,
1: I'm glad you said that. I'm getting ready to drop a thread on why Miles Sanders is my 2021 my guy. I wanted to talk about it on the podcast tonight. You wouldn't let me. Oh, buddy, let's talk about <laughs> – you asked, I'm going to answer why I'm going to have Miles Sanders above
2: him. It's because of Jayla.
1: It's partially because Jalen. It's also because I don't think that the new head coach is going to be an absolute ding-dong and say, hey, you're Boston Scott. Go in 40% of the time. Like Miles Sanders is so efficient. I expect his efficiency to go down some, but I expect his volume to go up. You cannot watch Miles Sanders and think, wow, he's not very good at football. He shouldn't be on the field. Miles Sanders is a star. So that's why I would move him above – Clyde and that's why I'm going to make a thread about him and probably raise his ADP but like that's where I am with rankings like maybe I could swap him and Aaron Jones but Aaron Jones I think is a better football player like and where's Aaron Jones going nobody knows but if he becomes a workhorse somewhere like I can't move him you know below him so like for me it is specifically just numbers I love Clyde and if Ryan In my home league did not have him, he would be on my roster. But Ryan's probably listening to this right now, so I can't even go get him because now he knows I'm fanboying.
3: Okay, whoa, 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 okay. I understand (laughs) you're talking about so much talent in the NFL. Like, yes, I fully agree. I loved sitting there just breaking down my RB rankings. But let's, let's think about it. What do you want a running back to do? You want him to be on the field. You want him to have opportunities to score, right? He is on a top 10, top five offense yearly. How many of those type of guys do you really expect to normally, if they play the full season, finish, let's say, even outside the top 14, 15 guys? Like, I understand you're saying respect the talent, but you know, and everybody who plays Dynasty football knows, running backs, it also depends on their situation. Like, you are talking about the snap share. CH only had about a 60% snap share as a rookie, 1,100 yards, 13 games. Let's say, like he doesn't even have to go up maybe five percent. Keep that same type of workload on a top five running op, on a top five offense. Andy Reed has a history of being one of the best producing running games when he focuses on it. Now I'll give it this year the lineman has some issues. They went down a little bit. It showed in the Super Bowl. I really think they realized that in the Super Bowl and going, oh heck, forget this. They're going to go heavy on some linemen. Fix that issue and reestablish the run game going forward. So, like, yeah, even if you have him down at like, 12, 13 or so, that's fine. But you've got to think about it. Running backs are talent and situation. We all know that. So, yeah, there's no way I'm dropping him down to 17 when I know the offense he plays for. And thanks to things like that, again, recency bias is crucial when it comes to dynasty. I'm going to buy him cheaper than where I value him. I'll be able to get him for what you're saying, to run back 17, maybe mm-hmm. – Maybe if I'm lucky, maybe an RB21 type owner, but most of them, they put the draft capital in. They'll probably be around 15, and I still feel like I'm buying and getting extra out of it. So, yeah, my rankings, I'm not leading. letting him leave outside of the top 12 based on talent and situations.
1: I just want to say that I got the 1,300 and 1,100 mixed up, but my point stands. Like, he had 1,100 total yards, not 1,300. I mean, I mean either way, that's still fantastic. Plus, he missed a handful of games, you know, so – i you know andrew i agree with you i i don't want to make it look like i disagree at all but like like i've talked about it's for me it's the rankings and the guys right above him and that kind of value like i'm all with you on the value and buying low and understanding value versus cost and all that stuff so i'm with you on that as well
0: yeah i think i mean you know i i agree a little more with andrew but i think uh everybody's you know relatively in agreement that running back is is all of a sudden pretty deep and there's a lot of talent at the position like I said I have CEH at at uh, RB12 in my dynasty rankings and you know if 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 his volume goes up next year in that offense I think the sky's the limit for CEH but um, let's go ahead and move on to Amari Cooper because he is uh, the wide receiver that Many of us differed on, I have personally have him at wide receiver 17. Sam, you have him all the way up at 12. Andrew, all the way down at 21. And Matt, way, way down at 27. So quite a big gap between Sam at 12 and Matt all the way at 27. Matt, let's go ahead and start with you since you are just so, so low on him.
2: Well, first off, I don't care what anybody says. The home road splits are real very real and a lot of his games i feel like are you know as sam likes to to point out you know with tyler lockett ish a lot a lot of 152 touchdown type games and then you know we'll we'll play another game you know we'll go three for 27 or something like that there's i don't i don't see the consistency i want at the end of the year i feel like you see the numbers you want but you don't know when those weeks are going to come uh, and then, man, as we talked about in the running backs, it's again, the, the wide receivers are probably the most saturated group, especially with the last two classes. I mean, you look at my top 30. I don't it's, it's like, Sam, wh- wh- where does he go? Am I moving him above T Higgins right now? Does he move above D.J. Moore? I got Chase Claypool, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, Robert Woods. You know, I, I have him. I have him you know, wedged between uh, Tyler Boyd and, and LaVisca. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, is, is Dak there this year? Is he there next year? I know, what was it? When, when the Cowboys signed Amari to that mega extension, um, it, it was essentially a two-year deal with an out for them. Uh, so he could be moved at the end of this season. And then, and then where does he end up? I, I just, For me, there's better options. There's more consistent options.
1: So I'll jump in. Um, I do currently have him at 12, but I will say that that's going down. Uh, Like, it's not like I'm going to move down like 27 and call it good. Like, I don't love Amari Cooper, and he's not somebody I've ever, ever, ever enjoyed owning um, in Dynasty Leagues. But my thing with him is I'll probably have – he'll probably finish our next update probably between, you know, right where um, Chad has him, about 17. Um, And the reason why I'm still really high on him is we're talking about a guy who's only 26 he seems like he's been in the year league forever he's only 26 years old he didn't have this, like in this past season like you know we know cd lamb is a star you know we know michael gallup is a really good outside X, um but we're talking about a guy who after his quarterback disappeared you know only like he only had it for like four or five weeks this year or four and a half or whatever it was amarius cooper still finished with 92 receptions 1100 yards and I think it was five touchdowns. He, you know, he's not somebody you're ever going to have to pay. You know that actual RB seven or wide receiver seventeen value, but you're going to get it. And Matt talked about like you don't know when it started. Well, you start him at home and sit him on the road, um, and you win those home weeks, and you figure out something else. That's a joke. But my, I guess my point stands is he's only twenty six. I know the contract situation was like a two year out if they have it, which. You know who knows what that's gonna look like you know who knows what the cowboys are gonna look like but i'll tell you this deck prescott is not going anywhere um so with deck coming back you know um a year or two in a mike mccarthy offense and i know what people think about mike mccarthy and um you know packers fans are still laughing and about that signing um Mike McCarthy's good for fantasy. He's not good for winning football games. But right now, like in this fantasy podcast, that's what we care about is fantasy points. The Packers – or not the Packers, sorry. The Cowboys are going to – yeah, I know, right? Yeah. The the Cowboys are going to have a bad defense, and they're going to need Dak Prescott, drop back, and throw it a lot. Amari Cooper's going to score a ton of fantasy points. C.D. Lamb's going to score a ton of fantasy points. And Michael Gallup is on his contract year. So there's a chance he doesn't return and Cooper's contract stays the same. So he could get that tick up. Like, I love Michael Gallup as well. I think he's a fantastic football player. But if you want a Cowboys wide receiver, you never know when to start. It's Michael Gallup. You start Amari Cooper, you start CD Lamb, and you kind of move on with your day. Um, you know, like, the crazy thing is he's only 26. Like, that to me, like, when I looked this up before, you know, like when I saw it in the show sheet and I was trying to do some research, I thought, you know, 28, 29, like up there with Odell, you know, some of those older guys, 26 years old. He turns 27 in June. That is insane. He's been in the league since 1992 and he's only 26 years old. You know, he's going to be next year. You're going to get him probably in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, maybe when the rookie fever is high, the price you're paying, you know, you're going to get somebody who's going to give you about 80 to 90 receptions 1100 to 1200 yards and five six seven eight nine touchdowns who knows with dak like the value that you're going to get with him along with the production and at the end of the year finish i know the end of the year finish with him is always like oh my god how did he finish at the wide receiver 10 but he does it may not be pretty but not everybody is you know dk metcalf pretty where it's like every week on a bad week you're getting four for 80 and with dk like or Michael Thomas with, you know, like a seven for 63, like it's not always pretty. It doesn't always have to be pretty. You need players to help win you weeks. Amari Cooper is that guy. You you know, when he's at home, you start him without a doubt. And then, you know, on the road, you start him on the matchup based, you know, that's not something you're, you know, Oh, should be drafting a top 10 guy and sitting him. You're right. But you're not paying top 10 guys, but he's going to finish up there. No matter what you do, it's not pretty. And most players is not pretty. And, He's like, like like Matt said with his dynasty rankings, when Matt was going through his rankings, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I I sat there in my head, would I rather have, you know, Amari Cooper or Keenan Allen? That's a debate you can have. Would I rather have Amari Cooper or T. Higgins? Like, those are debates you have because, you know, the wide receiver class is so deep. But when you break it down, like, the reason why I finished with Amari Cooper up at 12 but probably sliding down is because where he finishes, his talent – the, the system, what I know is coming you for years forward with a bad coach, with a bad defense, you know, like fantasy points, when you championships and he's a value, but he's always gonna finish up there. You know, like when you play against a Mark Cooper, you never know if you're gonna, you know, your guys are gonna go off and have a good week or and Mark Cooper's gonna get him two and you're gonna win or Mark Cooper's gonna get him 47 and you're gonna lose, you never know. But that's the thing with him is you set him and you treat him as a flex but somebody who can win you a league. The value is insane. The points are always there. That's why I have them where I do. And I, you know, I feel like that's like, that's, it's crazy to me to tell you that I have an alpha wide receiver. who's going to give you 90, 1100 seven at, at 17 and feel like it's disrespectful.
2: So real quick, I want to bring up his, his fantasy finishes uh, over the last few years. So I have him at 27. So I have them. Um, right as a top end wide receiver 3, you know, very back end wide receiver 2. His fantasy finishes have been 21, 13, 35, 19, 10 and 15. So he's finished as a wide receiver 1 once and other than that he's a middle of the pack wide receiver 2. So I I don't feel like I'm, my value on him is that far off considering how Again, deep this position is, I mean, basically what, you know, what, what pushed him down for me is we had to throw all these rookies in here from the 2020 class. Now we're going to, have to throw all these 2021 rookies in here in the class and you got guys emerging. I mean, I was probably higher on Chase Claypool than just about any anybody on Twitter last year, and I didn't expect to have him ranked in my top 15 right now. Okay yeah, I'm, okay. Sam, you were there with me, but okay, but I want to counter that. But like, like I just I just didn't have expect to rank Claypool that high. I, I didn't expect to rank CD lamb that high. you know Higgins at 17 oh. for me. like it's just Justin Jefferson at top five. I mean it's ridiculous. We knew he was good coming in, but all these guys so soon it's some, I mean somebody has to move to the bottom.
1: No, I know what you're saying, but when you go through his fantasy finishes rookie year, he was fine, sophomore he was fine. That third year, he was injured. You know, he dealt with the, the concussion. Um, he missed fourth, two games, though. Yeah, but that you like, you're not, when you have a concussion, you might be playing, but you're still seeing stars. Um, and then that third year, or was it the fourth year, he got traded. You know, he dealt with an injury, got traded. Then he ended up putting, like, I think it was, I'm looking at it now, 53 receptions, 725, and six with the Cowboys in the back half of the year. So he was a value in the second half. I mean, yes, he was hurt. Um, in the first half and I'll never forget I remember like a couple weeks before he got traded watching him hold his head down in London with the number 89 thinking to myself man that could really be the last time we see Amari Cooper in a, a Razor jersey and it really was and then you have you know the first full year with Dak 79 189 and eight like that's respectable I mean like that's fantastic and then this year even without Dak he put up 92 1105 I mean He's not pretty. He's not sexy. And I remember a few years ago, like, he was, you know, a top five dynasty. And because of injuries and bias and, you know, incoming people, his value has faded, but his production has stayed the same.
3: And see, that's, that's where I've had a hard time with Mari Cooper. It's like, what do I do with this guy? So, like, I know I have my 21 right now, and I've got a couple of free agents to be kind of looking over him. So, like, Chris Godwin, I'm kind of waiting to see what's happening with him. Alan Robinson, Juju. I could probably make the argument maybe maybe T. Higgins might be one step too high, but it also comes back to he's the only guy right now that I'm worried C.D. is going to take that next step and push him back to receiver two in his own team. Like We've already seen this offense this past year just pretty much just go down the drain. They had to throw nonstop because they're behind. So we got to see how that looked as an all-out passing game. But I really do believe they're going to refocus, get Zeke the ball, because they're not going to want Dak to put everything back on him because they're going to try and keep him healthy. Like you said, I really think they're going to try and keep him. So they're not going to try and break him again. They're going to try and protect him. So they're going to reestablish that run game, lower your chances. And so, like, right now, I just – I don't know where to push him up. Even if I take those three receivers that I just mentioned off, I mean, that's going to push him, what, up to 18, maybe right there. Claypool, who do you think is going to have it better? receiver two year for their own team so I mean I just I cannot put him top 12 right now because mm-hmm. I believe CDE is going to block him out of the way and there's some of these other receiver ones for different teams that I think are going to get more of the target share to finish higher
0: I think you know Sam you took a lot of the words out of my mouth uh, um, regarding Amari Cooper uh, just in terms of He's not a guy that you you always love to own, but man, he always puts up the numbers. And I think I think if a lot of us would have guessed where he finished last year, I don't think any of us would have necessarily thought he was wide receiver 15, but he was. And that was, again, missing Dak Prescott for what half the season. Um, But one thing sam that i i just have to question you on um this might be changing for you as you said you might move cooper down a little bit but you are currently the only one that has amari cooper ahead of cd lamb so d- just i want to ask you straight up would you rather have amari cooper or cd lamb uh,
1: Got him. um no i don't know like that's like it, i think that's a fair question like it's not like oh, got him because like, I think they're both fantastic and I think they're neck and neck. I mean, like, I think it depends on like for me, like, I and mean, this is a cliche answer and you think it's a cop-out for me, it's the value. Like, am I getting CD lamb in the sixth or Amari Cooper in the eighth? Because at that point I'll take the value in the production in the eighth. Um, I know we haven't seen what um, CD lamb can be yet. Um, I know like, he's just scratching the, the surface, but for me, and I, and like it, it really is just a value question. Um, I think I, I don't want to sit here and say I love both because I don't want to start getting trade offers for Amari Cooper. Um, and and I know that so, that is, sounds so horrible, but like,
2: I, so what, what about yeah, what that. about this? What about this? <laughs> I, I'm sending you a trade offer of CD Lamb for Amari Cooper, straight up.
0: There it are you, is.
2: Are you Are you accepting that? or Are you declining? Live
0: that? on the show, Sam. What's well, see, here's the thing. We don't thing. even I'm all,
2: need, we don't need to discuss startup value, just straight up.
1: Here's the thing I, w- I would take CD Lamb because of the perceived value. I could take him, trade him for more than what I would have got for Amari Cooper. And I come out with, like, so for example, if I trade you straight up and, and I get CD Lamb and you get Amari Cooper in, an, in a week, you probably forget it, and I could trade back and get a second on top of Amari Cooper. Like, it's the perception versus the value versus the cost. I would take. The player with the more perceived recency-biased value because that is how you build dynasty teams because you then take that player and you know people are sniffing around trying to get themselves a CD lamb share and go bragging about it on Twitter. Then you take them to the cleaners. Like, that is how you operate. That's how I operate. It's a strict business. Like, I think they're neck and neck in value, but perceived value, I'll take lamb because I know I can trade him for more.
3: All right, what about this one? Mari Cooper versus Allen Robinson, who we are hoping ends up a decent quarterback this year.
1: I think I would just take a Rob, and I think part of that is just because I think he's the better player. We've never seen him with a quality quarterback, but he's also somebody I'm going to be moving above Amari just anyways in my dynasty rankings. Like just Allen Robinson is like Im- like imagine if he would have had. Trevor Lawrence or someone like that, like someone who, like, you know, is going to be good or someone who is good, like a Dak Prescott, like Allen Robinson with Dak Prescott versus Amari Cooper with Dak Prescott. Like, I think realistically with Allen Robinson, we'd be talking about 110 receptions, 1,600 yards. Like Allen Robinson is that good. So I would take A-Rob, you know, like give me another one.
3: Mm. All right. Uh, Let's see. Assuming, of course – Trevor Lawrence going, going to the Jags. What about DJ Chark versus Amari?
1: Oh, uh, that's not even really. It. I would take uh, Amari. Like I, I like I like DJ Chark. but you it's know, the Matt's wrong answer. I know uh, it's not. Matt's talked about quite a bit, um, mainly because you know you you could pretty much assume that they're not going to bring back DJ Chark. And if I'm going to take Amari Cooper or DJ Chark in the free agency and think which teams potentially going to throw more money at him, I'll take Amari Cooper. But like the real question is if you throw out like Deontay Johnson
3: and it's not a question. I have him higher. There's no issues.
1: No. no, I know. But what I'm saying is like that at that point, like somebody who I think is like, I don't know where I'd go. I'd probably take Deontay and that's out of emotion, but that's not how I normally operate. Um,
3: so what about for me? Chris, Chris Godwin again, they, agent. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I wouldn't really think about that because a year ago, Chris Godwin was right behind Michael Thomas in everybody's dynasty rankings, but that, and I was talking to my best friend, Ryan, earlier today about a potential Chris Godwin trade. And my concern about him is Tampa Bay has already talked about how they want to bring back a B, you know, Mike Evans is going to be there and take a pay cut. So like those three wide receivers, you like, when you get to a team with three wide receivers, like yeah, you can I can tell you that Chris Godwin's probably the best wide receiver on the team, but does that translate to fantasy value? I don't know. Like I,
2: I think ah. it's crazy that you have Amari Cooper ranked significantly ahead of Mike Evans, and Amari hasn't even have relatively close to the same fantasy career Mike Evans has had. It's not even in the same ballpark. We're talking about fantasy
1: careers when I'm talking moving forward. Like I don't look past i look forward you know like mike evans is great but this year like
2: he finished better than amari on probably equally as crowded team Mm,
1: yeah but tom brady versus mm, what was it uh andy dalton and um what are the other two bums
2: names like sorry like i'm just yeah oh sorry yeah let me and like like, uh, what was the other guy's name we have one other guy forget
1: that's exactly my point garrett gilbert maybe yeah, might it.
2: Might
1: have been, yeah. been him, or was that the guy from Dude Perfect?
0: It was something, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with that. <laughs> but you get my point. Like that, that,
1: like that is my point. Like, oh, he's never hit close to it. Well, I mean, Mike Evans was always the alpha. He never really had competition. Then you know, like Chris Godwin comes along, and really helps him. And then you know, now you bring in Antonio Brown. Um,
2: yeah, but, but Amari's <laughs> had? Amari's had your savior, Derek Carr, and. and 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 Dak Prescott up until the last you know six, seven games of last year. Well Mike, Mike Yeah, Mike okay. Evans. Mike okay. Evans has had Jameis Winston.
1: And I'm pretty for sure for fantasy perspectives, I would take Jameis Winston all day, every day. Uh, yeah, sorry, the goat. Yeah, let me like seriously though, like where are you like this is this is this is exactly like my point is like we're arguing hairs here between these two players. And I don't even know right now who the perceived value is between them. I would probably say Godwin has the more perceived value. So I would go with him. Um, but I know a lot of Godwin owners right now I, with the way they feel today versus the way they felt 365 days ago, they're sick to their stomach, but like they paid up for him. So they feel obligated to keep him instead of wanting to move on. You know, same thing with Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is, you know, a star, you know, he's an alpha, like, we're talking like about superstar wide receivers and we're arguing about who we'd rather have. Like, that's the whole point of this. Like next year you have Dak Prescott for 16 full games with, you know, Gallup, Amari and CD lamb hypothetically, or no takes that year to jump. And then you have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin in year 22 of Brady. Um, both are sitting there in the seventh round who are you taking to trust as your wide receiver two or three godwin oh i thought we were talking about evans i mean well okay between those three evans godwin and amari i mean the answer is probably a godwin amari evans which is indicative of how it probably should be so
0: all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, Sam and I, I, I think we're kind of on the same page. We had a lot of those wide receivers kind of in that same tier. And again, it's such a deep position that we're going to have to reveal some tiers here to to kind of get a real look at it. But again, Cooper wide receiver 15 on the season with Dak missing half the season. So so pretty impressive, really. Uh, but I want to go ahead and move on. Uh, we have a pretty fun topic here. I want to know what your guys' is best fit for deshaun watson is from a fantasy football perspective so if you you know could pick him up and place him on a roster for fantasy football purposes where are you going with that let's start with you sam well like anywhere because the low-hanging fruit is in kansas city Um, yeah let's go you know uh, one of the realistic kind of places that yeah Uh, i don't know um I would
1: say Carolina, but that depends if they'd actually trade Christian McCaffrey away for him um San Francisco would be pretty nice um if not, I mean, I don't know. there's not a whole lot of places where you look
2: at the weapons around him and have zero concern, so I got one Denver. Would love to see him in Denver. Judy, yeah, that'd Ann, be pretty good. Sutton, the running backs are sure, whatever. Uh, who else you got? Hamler. I mean, that's that's a great supporting cast. So yeah, I mean, I think that, but like, I
1: don't think Denver has the ammo to trade for him. So I mean, like, if we're playing hypotheticals here, yeah, Denver or sure. Carolina. I would love to see him in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, so yeah, my I don't know ultimate dream spot. I think he'd be a fantastic fit in Pittsburgh, but that's just me. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Denver seems unlikely, as Sam said, with the draft capital. Um, But a team with the draft capital really would see him as Miami, and I know that's basically been talked about since day one. But I think that would be a fantastic fit.
3: I mean, okay, so this one just popped in my head. What about the Falcons? Get him in. Uh, You get him in there. It's really just Ridley
2: you can get it's so tough though because the falcons are a little bit like the eagles like there's just so many holes to fill like they would have to give up so much capital you know this year and next year to go get him and they basically have to wait you know year and a half two years before they can finally start to build a complete roster
1: yeah i i think what we should do is just kind of wait to see where he goes and then what obviously we would discuss that on the next podcast and kind of by then we'll all have the ability to sit down and logically think it out because I put on Twitter today, like if Christian traffic, gets traded to Houston, there's going to, there's going to be a billion instant overreactions. Don't overreact, shut up, sit down, think it out before you say something. And so I think that's what we'll have to do here. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I just want to say, Matt, you took the words right out of my mouth. As a Broncos fan, that is all I've ever wanted is Deshaun Watson back in the orange. Um, I think they they, and there's been rumors that he's actually intrigued by Denver. Uh, but if they were to get him, they would certainly have to give up some assets because they don't have the pick capital. So that's where you could see like a, a Jerry Judy or or you know one of those young receivers traded in that deal, which then would obviously sacrifice just the the quality of the landing spot. So um, yeah, that's that's fair though, Sam. Let's uh, revisit this when he gets dealt, uh, assuming he does but, Let's go ahead and um, finish up with our last segment of the pod. Uh, we're going to do inside corner with Sam. Again, if you guys aren't familiar with our Patreon page, uh, Sam is very plugged in and, and well-connected. We often drop rumors on our Patreon page. Um, if you're not signed up yet, go to patreon.com backslash Get yourself signed up uh, because you don't want to miss these rumors. So um, Sam, what do you what do you got for us today? So
1: I want to talk about Drew Locke because yesterday there was the report coming that they had to, and I quote dumb down the offense because he couldn't understand. Um, I talked to a friend in the building, um, who I met out in Washington at one point. Um, he said, and I quote, that is just insulting and not true. And he explained what happened. He explained and I'll break this down so we can all understand together. So we can kind of eliminate some of the, 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 the BS going on. He explained, with a new offensive coordinator, no OTAs, no rookie mini camps, with a handful of new rookie wide receivers, a handful of new offensive lines. That during camp, there was some terminology that kept getting mixed up between him and wide receivers, which that is very common, you know, especially especially in 2020 when there was no camps, no OTAs, like all of that stuff matters. I don't think people understand how much that matters. So they had some issues at the beginning of camp. They smoothed it out, went into the season just fine. Drew Locke gets hurt, comes back, and they, and you know, I'll tell you, I'll, he, they dialed it back when he came back from injury because they wanted him to get back into the feel of football. Like, when you miss a game, especially from your throwing shoulder and, um, you know, miss some time, you can't throw, and then you kind of come back, and you're recovering from that sort of situation – you, you need time to kind of slow the game back down to get back in the field. Like that's what's happened. That's what happened. Not, oh, okay, well, he, he can't read this, you know, the smash concept. Let's throw it out because he's stupid. That's not true. You know, he can't read this Ohio San Diego duplex read. Let's throw it out. Like that's not true. That's not what happened. They slowed it down when he came back for a game or so, because you got to remember a week before he came back, they were running out of practice squad wide receiver for the quarterback position. So, He came back, they dialed it back a little bit, and then as soon as he got the rhythm back, you know, they went full speed again, and, you know, Drew Locke is still very interesting. You know, like, he's got all the talent in the world. Sometimes he makes the bonehead throws. A lot of times, you know, it doesn't get to get his feet set because, you know, he's always getting blown up because the offensive line's pretty bad, but that's not what this is about. It's just kind of squashing that rumor because he told me to make sure people know that it was insulting, like, if you have somebody who tells you like a rumor that came out is not true and it's so bad that it's insulting like that struck somebody's nerves that struck somebody's bones somewhere in the building that really matters so that's what happened that's what that's what that's why it went the way it went and that's where the rumor got miscommunicated because oh we're to slow down because drew Lock couldn't understand no drew Lock could understand but they want to get back to the flow of football because that stuff matters so Somehow there was a miscommunication, or someone was looking for clicks, but that's what happened.
0: I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you touched on that, Sam, because that's that's extremely uh, important for a young quarterback. And and those rumors have been swirling around Denver, and that's something that I hadn't heard what you just said, uh, even here in Denver. So that's just an example of kind of what you can get with our patreon so again if you're not signed up head over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts and get the insider info you can't get anywhere else that's gonna do it for today's show uh we'll see you back here in a week